Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 305. On this episode, we've got some cancellation and renewal news, and then we'll be discussing recent episodes of Supergirl and Limitless, and the series premieres of The Shannara Chronicles, Angel from Hell, and Shades of Blue. Plus, a brief reality check and some TV recommendations at the end. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 305. I'm Amory from mytakeontv.com. I'm Jason the TVholic from tvholic.com. And I'm Kyle from noreruns.net. That worked so smoothly, you guys. <laughs> I did not think it was going to happen. I well, it's because you didn't have me trying to read the intro and then <laughs> messing it up. <laughs> okay, so there's a good amount of news here. ABC has renewed Celebrity Family Feud for a second season, and they made that announcement because they were, I think they officially said they're also doing the $100,000 Pyramid. Um, so they're going to bring that show. With celebrities? I, or? I guess. I really loved that show. I used to watch it all the time. Um, I like a good game show, if the family is good. I wish My they would do, like... And they weren't great. I wish they would do, like, TV families. Like, bring on, like, the Modern Family family and have them compete against, oh, like, yeah. the Middle family or something. And do they it that They could way. do, like, a... That would be, like, a... That'd actually be pretty good, like... I mean, if they got really creative, they could work it into the storylines of each of those shows where they would end up on the other show. You know, like they like a week where they all go to Disney World or something like that, you know, where one of those tie ins with the with another with another product of uh, the greater corporation. But, yeah, that would be that would actually be funny or just uh, bring on some classic the Seavers against the uh, yeah, like some, some classic like TGIF <laughs> families or yes. something. <laughs> Corey Matthews and his family. All right, so that's that. Um, CW Seed has renewed Vixen for a second season. Is that live action? No, it's animated. But she's going to be on Arrow. Correct. Okay, um, Megalyn, whatever her last name is, who doesn't age. I'm convinced. <laughs> so that's I don't know what that really. It's like a. It's a DC thing, right? Yeah. So that, but it's, I don't know. They did six episodes that were five minutes a piece. So a second season is. So they're making another half hour. Yeah, yeah, you're, <laughs> like, you're like, what, what exactly is it? So you're making it. Yeah. Another, uh, I thought it was going to be, maybe this one will be a little bit more to it or something like that. But It'll be an hour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe there'll be twelve five-minute episodes instead. Uh, but yeah, that that's cool. I, I'm interested to see though. I I like kind of like the idea. I mean, if they're going to keep expanding it, I I like the idea of this character showing up into the real, you know, versions of the show. Mm-hmm. Since when they did this and they had Flash and Arrow show up on you know the animated series, it was voiced by. You know Stephen Amell and Grant Gustin, so it wasn't like it was separated. Hmm. Uh, so it should be—I don't know—it's kind of kind of funny to be doing that, but I guess keeping it all together. We'll, we'll get to we'll get to see uh, the live action version, and but it, you know if you need to uh, catch up with the Too first much of a season time with the first season of Vixen <laughs> to uh, <laughs> to understand what, <laughs> where this character came from. It's only like a half hour. Yes. 
Um, HBO announced that it, well, it announced that they're pretty sure a Deadwood movie is going to happen. Yeah, at some point. They've given they're... the green light for it to be you know, yeah. put into production. And then the sixth season of Girls will be its last, which it's about time because, God, that show. The, the I saw, one of the stories I, I saw, the headline was groundbreaking HBO show gets renewal and basically renewed and canceled or something. And I was like, mm-hmm. how groundbreaking? Because it was about girls and it was written and produced by a girl. Like, is that the groundbreaking nature of it? I I don't know. It was a dumb the, show. The story, like the story, were the storylines groundbreaking in some way? I mean, no. After a while, it it seemed to become like the critical darling or whatever. Uh, but it's still, I never, I never heard it. Like, I never heard it ever discussed in that term, in those terms. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pointless. So wait, I lost it again. Did you ever have it, Amory? Okay. IFC has canceled Benders after one season, which I like that show enough. I don't think it had enough uh, support or fanfare or press or whatever, but I did like it. Um, what exactly type of numbers is IFC looking for for their their scripted programming? Because, you know, some of these things barely got any, like, I, you barely heard about them. Yeah. Like, for somebody like me who pays attention to these things, I barely found out about it before it was coming. So like, how did, how would anybody else, you know, hear about it or, or maybe they're just going it? after the, the fan base that watches the channel that sees the ad during some other show that they air. And, and I guess it wasn't able to uh, reach those levels <laughs> to be able to sustain it. Yes. So that's Bender's. I, I, I would have watched more, but Maybe me and the other five people watching it don't agree. Um, Sundance TV announced that the fourth season of Rectify will be its last. There's a show that everybody seems to love, but I've never seen. I watched the first season. I was bored to death. I don't understand the love for it. But those that watch it love it. So so more power to them. You'll have one more season, then it's over. Um, Sci-Fi has renewed The Expanse for a second season. Which is good for it. I'm Never enjoying it. that. Yeah, I never made it through the whole thing, but oh well. Um, and TNT has announced that the seventh season of Rosalian Isles will be its last. So you finally get to stop watching, Jason. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least I watch because I like watch it. Like you just watch it because you can't stop watching it. I quit after like season three, I think, and I haven't looked back. That's amazing. I mean, I enjoy it. Yeah, well, I've... I have finally, there were a few things over the last couple of weeks that I finally just was like, yeah, I like that show, but I just don't have time to catch yeah. up with that six episodes of Girlfriend's Guide to you know, Divorce. <laughs> and uh, and some of the, like, even though I really like the first season and I like the cast. Yeah, I just deleted a bunch of stuff off my DVD because I'm never really caught up. Had six episodes of it. And, you know, another one's going to be recording this week and I'm looking at all the other stuff and I'm like, "Ah, there's other things I need to catch up. Like, I need to catch up. If I'm going to catch up on something, I need to watch the seven episodes of The Good Wife I now have. Right. Instead of of that. 
We happen to know, I saw a quote today that the Vampire Diaries people said that they got eight and even further seasons in mind. So <laughs> that's never going to end unless you quit. Well, no. the, the the thing that I saw was that they're going to be actually doing, which they haven't done like a full on crossover really uh, with with the originals that they're doing like a big crossover, you know, later mm-hmm. on. And I was like. I guess I'll end up having to watch an episode of the originals that <laughs> you know that I haven't because I kind of give it gave up originals by default just because I got behind partway through last season towards the end of last season and then was recording this season and then I think I mentioned it before I had the DVR snafu where it said it was at eighty percent but it was really at a hundred. Oh, geez. And so I thought that things were recording just fine, but it turned out that uh, when I went and looked that some of the things that have been recording all season, that like now the first couple episodes of the season were gone. And so I was like, well, I guess I guess I'll just get rid of, I'm, you know, I was like six episodes from last season and then, you know, 10 episodes into this season, but now the first two were gone. And I was just like, <laughs> well, I'm not going to just skip over. Yeah, it's a sign. It's a, a, a couple blessing. of episodes, and so I was just like, "Okay, I I can catch up with this. At you know, if I want to, I can catch up with it sometime later." Uh, and then they announce that they're doing a big crossover, and you're just like, "Well, hopefully, it doesn't have anything to do with much with any yeah. actual storylines that are going on. It's just uh, bringing them more together." But uh, I don't know. I guess uh, you know the big crossover events have been working for the CW and having the both shows on the same night actually works even better. Cause you can just, it's just one, you know, two hour block to get you the, right. The full story. That was uh, <laughs> the, the other, uh, last week was, or this past week was also the, uh, NCIS and NCIS New Orleans, uh, was had a, a crossover event, uh, to start this, to start the new year. And my dad was telling me that he, you know, he was, he watches NCIS and he never really got into NCIS New Orleans or the other ones, but he still watches NCIS. And he realized like a few, like halfway into this one, oh, I got to watch the next hour too. Because <laughs> it was, it was a full story arc that, you know, started on one and went to the other. Uh, so, <laughs> So I guess it. I guess that one worked. It got a. It got somebody to watch uh, the second. The second hour. So that's our news. It seemed like there was even more. Like I mean, stuff you over the a last lot couple. of news out of yeah. TCAs, but I am so sick of the same goddamn texts or tweets every day. I've been I've been skimming and ignoring. A lot of it's been like, "Hey, the show is coming back. This pilot's been picked up." So like nothing like. Even though a pilot's been picked up, it doesn't mean we're ever actually going to ever get a series. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, like, like Teen Titans. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Which, incidentally, news out of TCA, that's not going forward. Yeah. There's been, there was, there's been a couple of different announcements of some things that, like, were picked up to series or were picked up and were in production or, or some that had even had a pilot and been, was, going to be a series but now they've decided it's not going to be a series so so yeah that's but some of those things are just like yeah if you actually never aired an episode of it 
I don't think it's worth really mentioning, yeah. <laughs> you know, that it was picked up and canceled, you know, after a pilot, because that's just something that happens all the time. They make a pilot and they decide not to go forward. Yes. So that's our little input on news. Our first show of prime time is Supergirl season one, episode nine, Blood Bonds. Okay. <laughs> I was very confused in this episode because I could have sworn that when Kara took her glasses off and showed Kat that she was Supergirl, that that actually happened. But then in the next episode, she spent the whole time trying to convince Kat that she wasn't Supergirl. So when she, well, yeah, she was still convinced, like, that was her being convinced that uh, when she looked at at her that she was, but... She took her glasses off and showed her that she was Supergirl. Well, no, she, she didn't her... show her any power. She just took her glasses yeah. off. She, in, an, in a way that as a viewer you're watching, to me that was well, Kara <laughs> saying, I'm Supergirl. Look at me without my glasses. I thought she made her take her glasses off. She was like, you had to take your glasses off. Take them off. Really, and she took him off, no. and then and then she, she still, I mean, it made Cat think that she, you know, she was onto something, and then she went about the next day trying to convince her that that was not the case, and then right. you know, and then ultimately at the end uh, uh, did so, uh, but it did seem sort of a cheat of being able to get out of. Uh, <laughs> Get get out of that like a little too easily or something. I don't know. I would have been fine if they just kept it with Cat knowing. Like they could have still done stuff with that, but it just seemed weird. Yeah, how quickly yeah. they? Because I mean, she's pretty much sure that she is Supergirl, and then all of a sudden, and then she even said, "Oh, I can be in this place and that place." She's like, "Oh, that's just a parlor trick." And then she does like the side by side thing. That could still be a trick, which we know right. it was, but like. Then she tries, oh, oh, I knew you didn't look alike, <laughs> whatever. But, I mean, as it is, they already talk way too much around yes. that office about, hey, how's your superpower going? <laughs> oh, it's exactly. not that good. And like, oh, let me just text Clark Kent. Hey, how's it going, brother? How are you flying today? Like, give me a break. You're on, like, the open network at work, and you're talking about all this stuff. Like, it's just ridiculous how much they just talk out in the open and then expect to keep this secret. Right. No, it's done. I I mean, I watch it, but... I, I mean, I'm, I don't love it. I still, I mean, I don't know that I even like it, but I, <laughs> I like the whole, I like the Hank and her sister story and how I like that they brought John Jones in. I just don't like Kara much. I don't know. I'm enjoying the show. It's not, it's not like my favorite show, but I, I think it's been a lot of fun. I like that they've made cat not as mean like she's more of a we well-rounded person why she's mean too like we kind of understand that she has this bad relationship with her mom that maybe the board doesn't always really try, like respect her like we kind of get the sense of why they make her as mean as she is so that i like too because she's not mean just to be mean yeah but we also get to see that she does have a nice side to her like she has her son right. Yeah. And she she's like a an actual person, not just like this exactly. character. And she's actually sort of a mentor, you know, in some respects, even though it seems like sometimes she's just yelling at people. Right. Uh, she does 
she has shown that she does actually care for for Kara, you know, in uh, in certain ways. And so, yeah, they definitely. I wouldn't say toned her down, but they've over the course they've actually filled out the character. They've actually yeah given you background exactly and uh, and done. And, and done pretty good at, you know, rounding out a lot of the characters. I don't buy Jenna doing Tatum as a army person. <laughs> they, <laughs> as, I don't, as an army at, lawyer? <laughs> not at all. Why not? I don't know. She looks stupid in the hat. Like, it's the dumbest thing, but it just... What if she broke out in dance? I Maybe. Maybe. I just... I don't know. There's a lot of things that I need to suspend my belief about. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that and, it's and so it's, much superhero. And so it's it's not the it's not the alien that can fly. <laughs> no. It's that she'd be in the army. So <laughs> um, I also think that Jimmy seems too old for Kara. Oh, I hate that I hate that that role. She seems much better suited for the other tech guy. Like the whole Jimmy Kara thing just doesn't work for me. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I don't know. I just, it's a show that I'm still watching. I am get actively getting caught up on it, which, you know, there are other shows that I've just let fall by the wayside. I don't know. I don't know that I'll make it. I'll watch the whole season probably. And I don't know if I'll make it beyond season one. I don't know. I in. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying some of the stuff they're doing on it. There's, of course, there's some of the things that, you know, every once in a while, pull you out of it, or, or you just yeah, go, like why, are, why are you doing that, or whatever. But uh, overall, I think they're doing uh, a pretty good job of uh, of this. It's the the one thing I'm I'm interested in though is the is like going forward. There's a lot of bad guys from <laughs> Fort Ross, and it seems like. That's like a much bigger problem, <laughs> you know. Like, they only, but it's good because they only come out one at a time. Yeah. They take their well, turns. Except like... for like the, the the last this last episode where, you know, the guy has like a whole army show up, and then you know she sticks to the deal and has them go away. But you're just like, okay, so not only are there all these different you know aliens on it, there's also at least like you know, 40 or 50 actual Kryptonians you know, <laughs> that were, you know, or more that were on there. Uh, so, uh, but what do you think about the whole storyline of that? Her aunt was basically like an environmentalist activist <laughs> that, I don't that know. went too far <laughs> and is now basically in some respects thinking the same thing about, you know, you know this planet, but again, going about it the wrong way. I really don't. I don't know. The environmentalist storyline. I have to say out of all the things, I think that's the thing that really bothers me the most. Is that, <laughs> that is she's that, not really a bad guy. She just wanted there yeah, to be. Is, is it, it was one of those mistakes. Like uh, we were, we were blowing up a building to make a, a point. We didn't realize that the, you know, we, we thought <laughs> nobody was going to be there. Right. Right. We were just like Greenpeace. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like uh, we didn't we didn't know that the you know, that the cleaning staff was came in early that day, right? you know, or something. And when we when we uh, blew up the building or whatever. And so, you know, that type of thing, like the environmental extremists that would, 
you know, kill people to try and save people is the bizarre yeah. uh, mentality, but also sort of putting them on the ultimately Krypton blew up. So she was right. <laughs> but yet, once again, is will just kill anybody and kill people and whatever to uh, advance her plan because she doesn't want to see the same thing happen to another planet. Right. Sort of a bizarre bad guy to have. It is. It is. I think think out of everything, I can can let all the other things go because of the fun interactions and all the different stuff. But then when this main storyline keeps, uh, as you get deeper and deeper into it and why she was, you know, put in Fort Ross and stuff that... I'm not liking that storyline. Yeah. No. I'm not a huge fan of the whole Max Lord stuff. Like, You're not a big fan of ju- Peter Facinelli? Not really. Not. <laughs> and, like, are we, are we supposed to know who that, that girl was that he pulled out at the end? No. Was that, like, the, the Blizzard girl from, like, way back in, like, episode one or two or something? I don't remember what that was. I don't think like, so. I don't, I don't know if we were supposed to know who that was or just that he is going to weigh extremes to do whatever he thinks is right. I I don't mind the storyline of him being sort of the Lex Luthor type character of of this of this universe, you know, that uh you know doesn't like the aliens, but the uh you know sort of the yeah, we can protect ourselves, but yet he would have died a couple of times already without Supergirl type of thing is is a little much. But I think this was where they finally uh, pushed it over the edge that you find out that he's not just, uh, you know, creating some secret weapons or whatever. And you, you saw that he had created the, you know, the guy that was blowing stuff up. He had that guy, you know, doing that stuff. And so you're pretty sure that he's not the best of guys, but now you see like how far he really will go uh, that, you know, he's just going to start experimenting on somebody. Yeah. He's not the, he's not the greatest, but they haven't given, I don't, I don't think on that character, at least for me that they've fully given enough background as to like what his reasoning would be other than, yeah, like what what exactly in his past happened that you know like they gave him a storyline that would give him distrust of government like when they had you know when she shows up to try and get his help or whatever uh, and you know so that type of storyline but what exactly is it in his background that he would be so uh he would go so far as to do what he's doing not just like use his intellect too angry or something like he's playing it like we're supposed to have this background, but we don't. So we don't know quite why he's so angry. Yeah, I guess that's one character maybe they haven't fully fleshed out enough yet. Yeah. Uh, with with the with the storyline cuz cuz I could get like a guy who's, you know, rich and smart like this that would and with things that had happened, you know, to his parents and stuff that he would want to use that to protect himself and others. Sure. But not but not no reasoning for why he would go to such an extreme that he that they're now showing him going to uh even you know even further than the doing the bombing to like test supergirl yeah uh, type stuff 
just dumb. Uh, that's my take on Supergirl. It's just dumb sometimes. Our second. Oh God, our second show. <laughs> Not a Shannara Chronicle fan. Huh? <laughs> I don't know how many times I paused this thing to see how far along I was. Um, the Shannara Chronicles, season one, episode one, chosen part one, episode two, chosen part two. Um, I posted on Twitter that I will give it this Poppy Drayton's American or like not Australian or not English accent, whatever she really is. is really quite flawless. I didn't know until I heard her in a behind the scenes, um, moment that she had an accent in real life. So that's high praise from the accent police over here. Is that Amberly or is yeah, that? Okay. That's Amberly. God, Austin Butler is really just miscast. Yeah, that's the. I only, do agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only one out of there that doesn't seem quite right. I I saw some, or like uh, listening to a uh, uh, talking TV with Ryan and Ryan. Mo Ryan liked the Shannara Chronicles, same as I liked the Shannara Chronicles. That it was, but she actually liked Austin Butler, and thought that part of it he was providing. You know, some of the not taking it quite as seriously, sure, or or the that he was providing some of the humor or whatever, and I was just like, I don't know, that was part of the way he what was coming off. Of the way he was coming off actually was like my least favorite part of it. He, he it's it was like, like he was they, on Life Unexpected and he was in high school. Like it was just <laughs> like he wasn't this elf. I don't really. I yeah, it, it's it it's like seemed, you hired the boy band elf to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I don't know. I, I guess yeah. Still see you know as you know, life unexpected or uh, switched at birth or Carrie Diaries. It didn't seem like he was overcoming his persona, so to speak. Right. Like that, that that sort of you know wisecracking, you know I don't know like surfer boy. Right. <laughs> just seemed uh, weird as the person that was all of a sudden going to be. The savior of the world. Uh, well, one of the one of the three or whatever that's that's part of you know saving the four lands. So that was the only, that was the main part. The rest of it I thought was great. I thought the special effects were really good. Uh, I liked you know a lot of what they set up. I like that they took while there's some momentum to the episodes and and the action that's happening. I like that they sort of took a little bit of time to fully get, you know, the three of them together. Uh, that actually doesn't happen until, like, episode four. Meanwhile, I checked the clock a hundred <laughs> times in two hours see, I, to see I, when I, it would all be over. See, I, I watched the first two, and, like, it ends on a cliffhanger, so I immediately popped in episode three. And, like, I would have watched the episode four, but I didn't want to accidentally spoil something. Because episode three will at least have aired. Although they made all all yeah, four, all of, them four of them are available on demand or online right now. So, so if you're not Amory and you want to see ahead of time, you can you can see the next two episodes right now. I like so. how it's just one continuous story. Like it definitely seems like something you'd rather just binge. Except if you're Amory, you already watched two episodes. <laughs> and you feel like you binge for hours. Yeah, I feel like I watched all goddamn thing. But like it's it, like I like how it's just one continuous story that just keeps going rather than like. Yeah, because like, the yeah next episode picks up right where the last episode ended, and and so yeah, by the time it looks like by the time you get through all ten, you've 
you know, you've created, it's just like one long, one long movie. Well, we certainly knew that Will and Amberly weren't going to die at the end of season of episode two. They are the heroes of the story. (laughs) Although I was surprised they killed off her boyfriend there right when it first opened. It seemed like he'd be around for a while for like a, for a love triangle type of thing. No, the love triangle is going to be with um, Eritrea. Yeah, there's the 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 love triangles going the other. It's yeah, two the, girls and one guy. Yes, in this love triangle. There's no. Uh, yeah, they they got rid of the square. Boy. <laughs> and Manu Bennett likes to chew scenery, doesn't he? Yeah, but he's having, but he's good. And but he's good at like, it, and he's good have, in this. And what's his name there from uh, from Sliders and <laughs> John Davies. Jones? John Reese Davies. He's awesome. Like I can listen to his voice. He he just needs some. I do like his speech. voice. And like he's awesome. Like he, like as soon as I saw he was on the thing, I was sold. So I was you like, know, I'll say this: Manu Bennett had great chemistry with that old lady. <laughs> the one who looks like nod to death from the. Uh... Yeah. You mean the the one that was that they were in love back when? Yeah. Before yeah, he back went when to he the, was the Druid. Two hundred years old instead of three hundred years old. I don't really understand that. It only been like thirty years that he's sure, been sure, sure. I don't know. It's just not a show that I'm going to watch more of. I just was not captured by it. And I think that maybe people do like it. I just don't think it was worth all of the money that MTV put into it because I don't think it's going to last. The one problem I have is like, they're definitely not going to like complete their mission. I don't think in this first season, Sure. because sure. otherwise where do you go from there? Like if they actually there go like in- 10 books or something. Well, there's, this is the story that they're telling in this one is the second book of the original trilogy. Okay. So the first book, isn't there a prequel somewhere? Well, there's also the guy's written like 20 plus books that take place in the, the world. So why the isn't Shinar it telling world. the first book? Because that one, the first book is actually the story of Will's father and the, the actual war okay. that took place. And so this, the second book is, taking place 30 years after i guess after right the, the, the much more attractive teenage yes for mtv needs the younger <laughs> and, and so i guess they decided to go uh you know start there and so i i'm assuming that in this 10 episodes that you do get some sort of conclusion to some story but mm-hmm. but obviously it leaves it open that other things continue to happen in this world because there's uh, there's a third book in the original trilogy, and I don't know if they're going to continue to follow, like the books, or if they're following the first or the second book and the characters there, and then they're going to continue to tell stories with them, you know, mm-hmm. where they make up their own stuff or whatever. Because things that happen in in subsequent books, uh, much like I guess like the first book to the second one, jump around in time where you move way up in ahead and then there's a, a, I think there's like a trilogy or something like that that takes place before the original trilogy. And, mm. and uh, so while over the 40 years or whatever, the guy's written like 20 something books and multiple trilogies that take place uh, in the world. He's they, like the pretty little liars. Guys. They jump, you know, they jump ahead to different uh, time periods and things like that. So uh, it's not like, it's 20 something books of continuous story, mm. you know, that you started out here and, and went to, you know, and could keep going. So I, 
it'll be interesting, I guess, to find out like what they would do in subsequent uh, subsequent stories. Because, like most things, if if it works and people like these characters, then you're obviously not like season two is not going to be, you know, right? They're gonna they're gonna keep going with that. So I don't, but I don't know like what the storyline of the third book is. I haven't looked to see like is it a continuation of of the, you know, the second book or does it again, like jump ahead some other time period or something or, but I think you'll get some sort of complete story arc for the 10 episodes, but that leaves you open for like, you solve sort of one problem, but you don't, you don't completely solve everything. I was getting really frustrated through the whole thing because every time one of those freaking leaves fall, leaves fall, we had to see like the more of the demon, and I'm like, oh, every time, oh my god, I was so frustrated. The thing that confused me is like they have the female demon there, and then like they turn her into this ugly creature. You would think it would go the other way around for well, MTV. Changeling, the changeling chose that because yeah. it was the demon's inner fantasy yeah the, it, changeling always looks like that ugly thing yeah the changeling is is just nasty looking and they just had her look like uh you know a beautiful naked woman because you know but they did the, but they but they did like the opposite transformation because she was the half naked woman and then she like her face melted and became like the other thing or is that her returning home that, that was turning that to was, her she oh, okay. she even says that she appears like that because it was his fantasy because that was the you know the head demon their fantasy or whatever and then it turns into what it really looks like and then it takes off and it turns into multiple things the you know, dog back at the castle you a dog so another dog that's gonna knock on doors <laughs> that would be awesome oh my god um <laughs> but i i quite liked it much like uh kyle said i watched the first you know the first two episodes that are you know the two-hour premiere uh and then since i had access to the the next two i just watched the i ended up watching them all right in a row because i i was quite taken in by by it i think it's i think it's fun if you like you know sort of fantasy quest type things you know in the you know the lord of the rings type uh, style of of stuff uh, there was a lot of nudity which i was not prepared for i was just surprised how much they were getting away with on mtv most notably the changeling when she was a naked lady because you saw a lot of her naked body i don't know i'm out consider me out amory's out kyle and i are in you seemed out when we even wanted to put it on the list. So. <laughs> I did. I hadn't even watched it. So the backstory, I hadn't even watched it. And they're like, oh, just, I was like, does that mean I have to watch the show now? She was pre-out. Uh, I swear. But I put myself through it and I lived to see another day. So. Hey, I watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia for you guys. And it didn't even make the list. It didn't even make the list. And uh, you're a luckier person for it because it's amazing. Well, at least that was only 22 minutes. That's yeah. true. And I watched it at one and a half speed. So it was like 15. Oh, my minutes. God. That's it was the fastest game ever. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so offended. Okay. So that is the Shannara Chronicles. Amory's going, wait, I could have watched the Shannara Chronicles in an hour? Yeah, <laughs> it's true. But do you not have dialogue then? Oh no, no, no! 
it plays perfectly fine. Especially in the TiVo, you can like you play it and it like speeds. Actually, TiVo's only one point three speed. He says it. He says it plays perfectly fine and that it speed things up. Except that I've talked to him about certain shows and he goes, "Wait, that happened in what episode now?" Right. I'm like, yeah. okay. <laughs> you do have to pay attention. Sure, sure. Um, and you just have to pay attention for much less time. Apparently, that <laughs> is the Shannara Chronicles gang. Now time to talk about Limitless, Season 1, Episode 12, The Assassination of Eddie Mora. I don't know, this episode felt, I liked it, but it felt a little disjointed. And I also really liked Naz being like, here, just backdate this paperwork, I'll sign it up. Because you, you kind of wonder when the show starts if Naz is like a bad guy and if they should work against her, like if Brian needs to worry about her, but she seems to really care about her like quote unquote charges. And then it's like taking care of Rebecca, which I really liked. And I really liked how Brian was worried that Rebecca would figure it out because Colin Salmon's character was in the room. And then Rebecca is kind of figuring things out at the end. So she really is as smart as like we're led to believe, which I really like. But I did like his fantasy sequences when he's trying to, <laughs> I love like, the different ways that she might figure it out, like. I also it, it, love the one where, they, yeah, it was either the really bad sweaters or the leather jackets. <laughs> I like that. Join the jacket side. We're cool over here. <laughs> but I did, I did like, like, uh, with Bradley Cooper on there, like, you got to see him do the whole NCT thing where, yeah. like, he figures out, oh, wait, this person's going to shoot me. What could, how could I make, take this to my advantage? And, like, he's plotting exactly. out, do I get hit? Do, do I get gray? And then he just moves enough to get gray so that he, he gets, becomes hero. a hero. I like that we're kind of getting, because I never saw the movie, so I don't know what kind of guy he was in the movie. Like, was he a jackass? Like, was he a jerk? Is Eddie Mora someone that, like, really shouldn't be trusted? Like, is he a bad guy? I know Colin Salmon seems to be. Well, that's the thing, though, is is in this episode, it seems to definitely finally put that into into light that he, you know, he is willing to kill somebody to keep the secret. Yeah. Uh, he is willing to, and and that it makes it seem like he actually was responsible for, you know, killing that lady's boyfriend and... Yeah. And stuff, and so uh, I think that's the thing I found interesting about this episode is it seemed to put the Eddie Mora character actually in the sort of more of the bad guy area uh, yeah. character, not just uh, somebody that's you know using this to his advantage and trying to keep it a secret, but that he's not exactly doing you know not just that he's taking advantage of it, but he's you know he's doing bad things to other people uh, mm -hmm. while doing so. And it, it makes me want to go actually back and watch the movie because my remembrance of the movie is that he's basically like, you know, sort of the hero of this one. He starts out as, you know, not fully... He's like a know, slacker. Yeah, and, sort of a yeah. slacker that hasn't fully <laughs> taken advantage of his skills or whatever and, and whatnot and then ends up through happenstance, you know, ending up on these pills. And ultimately, I think, by the end of it has used his knowledge while on the pills to figure out how to, you know, recreate the pills. Uh, and then, and then we see in the show here that he's gone on farther to get people to figure out how to make it so that it gets rid of the side effects. And so 
I want to go back and like watch the movie because by the end of the movie, he's basically using all this, you know, brain power that he has now. Uh, and he's like running for, you know, some small office or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, and then, you know, now he's a Senator. So he's definitely moved up the chain uh, and now is fully taking advantage of what's happened to, you know, make a presidential run. But yeah, I'm interested. In, I, I want to go back and watch the movie to see like what kind of character arc we've gone to because it seems like he's fully embraced the dark side. Like yeah. after well, getting well, the after getting this these abilities. Well, he even said that to Brian in this. Like he's like surprised that Brian's still holding on to like his little happy-go-lucky self that he used to be when he's not like embracing like this change that he could change his whole personality because of this drug and become like a darker person or just bent on power and knowledge that he has, like just take advantage of all that power. It's still a highlight for me of the season, even though this episode wasn't my favorite. Yeah, this what I, I watched basically two through 11 all over the Christmas break. And so, yeah, this wasn't as as much fun as like the Ferris Bueller one or one of the other ones. Uh, I forget what the the plot was, but it was a lot more fun. But I did really enjoy this. Like uh, and I think they're making good use of, of Bradley Cooper, bringing him back in. And yeah, not just having him pop up as like, hey, here's a celeb. Let's just pop him into a scene and make him like. Although one of the scenes when he's talking to Brian, I was I was thinking, I was like, is he actually there? Or are they just like doing this, like the whole green screen, a la good wife type of thing? When he gets up and leaves, then you're like, well, it does look like they're in the same room. Yeah. Yeah. But the way they filmed it, where they kept doing these like super close ups. It seemed like they were filmed in two different locations yeah, or something. It, like, it made it. Yeah, it did make it seem like. What was he only available on set for like to film him leaving? <laughs> and then, yeah. Like, later on, they filmed him talking into a camera. I didn't know if it was just like a really weird editing choice or if there was something else behind it, like why they had to why they had to do it, because it, it did feel weird, like when it was going back and forth, like it did. It did almost feel like you were filming one of those scenes where you have the same person playing two different parts or something mm-hmm. or, or, or whatnot that, uh, it, it did kind of feel that way. Uh, and whether it was or not, that was the one thing that sort of did take me out of the episode is because then all of a sudden I started thinking about other things instead of like, what's actually, what's actually going on in the show. But for the most part, I'm really enjoying this one. It's, I, I mean, I liked it after the first episode, but it really took like a couple episodes before you saw like really like what they're doing and how they're sort of taking it seriously, but not. And, you know, like with all the fa- fantasy sequences and stuff, like you said, in this episode with the leather jackets and the sweaters, I love that. <laughs> especially when the other, you know, the other guy that, uh, you know, that that watches him and comes in and he's like, yeah, I'm not putting this on. <laughs> These are really itchy, but it's all in his, <laughs> it's all in his head. You know, that's just him working things out. Yes. So I think they've I think they've used put that to good work of yeah. of having him, you know, have almost you know, sort of like the the angel and the devil exactly. <laughs> part of his brain, yeah. you know, like pop out to like see him work out 
multiple sides of things. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely one of my favorites of the new, of the new season. I, I look forward to it, you know, each, uh, was it each Tuesday night? Yeah. It felt so weird to like see it on my TV. Like, oh wait, I have an episode to watch. Because like, <laughs> I hadn't, I had deleted it because I missed an episode. Then I had to go and back and rewatch them all. And yeah, I love it. I'm glad it's around. So cutting from that to another of my favorites from the new season, Angel from Hell, season one, episode one, pilot. Jane Lynch, I loved her in the beginning of Glee. <laughs> when she was this fresh, sardonic, cynical, you know, character actor. And then it just got so grating. But when I got to tell you. Instead of later on when she just became sort of like the evil character. Oh, she exactly. was wonderful in season in the last season as a supervillain. As an yes. evil, evil supervillain. Because she embraced it. Like in the, meddling, yes. in the middle there, like it was just this meddling, like, I don't know, over the top. But I love her as this crazy whack job, drunk who is just plain nuts. I just thought that she was so good in this. Yeah, I think, I think you have to just sort of completely not think about the basic premise of it and right. just sort of jump in and enjoy the interaction. She and Maggie are great. Because together. I think, yeah, I think they play well off of each other. Uh, I I laugh multiple times throughout the episode her and Kyle Bornheimer are a dream. Yeah, that, that whole scene where when they, they first start, meet, and he's they like, start flirting. And, oh my god! And she walks away, and he's like, "That got sexual really fast." It's like she had a power over me. Oh my god! It was so perfect. He's the love of my life, Kyle Bornheimer. I say it about a lot of people and about a lot of things, but Kyle Bornheimer is just my favorite, and I'm so glad that he's on a really funny show that I really like. Yeah, Besides, I, uh, I mean, he was on Playing House, and I loved him on that, too. Yeah, yeah I think you just sort of, like, the, the basic premise of that uh, the uh, guardian angel helping this doctor. Mm-hmm. Has, like, <laughs> eh, like is, is that really somebody who needs help from a guardian angel? Uh, but... I don't know. Her life's pretty screwed up. You sort of just, you sort of throw that uh, basic thing out the window and just go with the you know, like the new wacky friend. That, the weird friend, right. She's know, like, I do need a weird friend. Yeah, you know, and once you just go with that, it's it's funny. And if you enjoyed anything about the first episode, the second episode is fantastic. You know, it's funny. I'm not going to spoil anything about the second episode, but <laughs> when you guys were first talking about it and like, um, or Jason, when you mentioned it, I started watching it and I just thought, I thought you were telling me it was just a really funny episode before the, you know, big surprise that even like made it better for me. (laughs) I was just so into the episode and I was like, this is so good. And then it got even better by the guest star. But I just, I think that the cast works so well. I I, I love them. I think Kevin Pollack was perfectly cast. And they've and they cast the the jerk guy from the office who cheats on his girlfriend in the I same role in this one. <laughs> but uh, I, but yeah, I, I like like you said, like as soon as Jason asked you if you watch episode two, I was thinking the same thing. Like this is a really good episode, and then yeah. that moment happens, and I'm like, aha, that's why he asked her. Every I understand now why he asked me, but I also just <laughs> loved the episode. But, um, here's an interesting tidbit. That I recently found out. Did you know that Maggie Lawson married Ben Koldyke that was on Back in the Game with her? I don't know. I thought she was still with James Roday. Apparently not. (laughs) Apparently not. She's been married to Ben for like months. 
they were engaged for a year. I don't know when that happened. Apparently, the site cancellation was the only thing that got canceled. Only thing that got canceled. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't really pay attention to the romance uh, yeah, Oscar. The, well, the the, the, yeah, the romantic I. lives of the of of like the real people. <laughs> I'm too many paying attention to their characters. As long as their characters live happily ever after, I'm perfectly fine. Whether the real people ended up breaking up and they, uh, although I guess I might be, if I had married her and met her on her previous show, I might be worried about whatever exactly. she's going to be on this show. Uh-oh, that watch out. Kyle Bornheimer is making a spoon. <laughs> uh, so but, be careful. But like, like you guys, like, I really enjoyed this show. Like, Jane Lynch plays is really annoying, but in a really fun way. Exactly. Like, you you really enjoy watching her be annoying. I, I like in the in like the reveal in this episode where like she thinks is she uh, just some crazy stalker? Or is she is, is there some truth? And then she sees like the super bad Photoshop job that that uh, Jane Lynch's character usually does, and the fact that she's actually there in like her old video, which there's no right. way that she could have photoshopped that because. Like her skills aren't because up her to skills par. are terrible. Yes. Yes. I just love it. I really. I, somebody asked me today, you know, oh, what are some of the new shows you should be watching? And the first thing out of my mouth was Angel from Hell. You have to watch it. Like I love it. And the second episode, like because I love the pilot so much, I was worried that a second episode wouldn't live up to it. But it just got better. Plus, they have to find her some new friends now. Yes. Well, the yes. girl cheated on her and also left for Cooper Barrett, which I don't know if that was a better move. It was a bad not. decision. <laughs> um, but at least Ginger, whatever Ginger's last name is going to be from uh, Mixology, who I didn't hate Mixology as much as other people did, but I also didn't love it. But I, I really liked her character on it. Um, she was like, so you know the doctor from Dr. Ken? The one with the real annoying voice. I watched one episode. I don't. I blocked it out. Her best friend on Mixology was like this real sarcastic kind of bitchy lady who ended up falling for like a normal guy. I just really like her, and I think she's going to bring a good energy to the show. And I love Kyle Bornheimer. <laughs> I just needed to add that. Yeah, I, I, I was just happy to you know for a, a comedy to be funny. Yeah, like and to be called a comedy and then actually be funny. So you know that was that. That's where I'm at with that one, and I look forward to to more of it. And I also now look forward even more so now to uh, CBS Thursday nights. I mean, it's quite yes, the it's a solid. It's quite the I mean, two hour block they have. I don't love Big Bang. Like I watch it and I appreciate it and I laugh. But it's not my favorite thing on the air. But Life in Pieces with Mom, with Angel from Hell, followed by Elementary. It's like my favorite night on TV. Yeah. I love it. So do yourselves a favor. Yeah, too Watch bad it. Elementary is going to be moving later. But right Yeah, now. but I think it's a good spot for it. I don't think it's going to lose. Rush Hour, Rush Hour is great. And I'm not being sarcastic. I really enjoyed it. So I I'm ready for it. I didn't watch it yet. <laughs> Uh, is, it, is it actually good? No. It's basically it's it's basically the movie in the first episode, like the guy get the the Asian guy gets teamed up with the black guy to uh, and they're they're mismatched. Okay, so it's a fun mismatched buddy comedy based on racial stereotypes. 
Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. Perfect. But uh, it's more. It's uh, also more serious stupid. than a comedy. But is it? Is it comedy though? Uh, it's I, it's I been a while since I watched it, but it yeah, is it's comedy drama. It's episode. yeah, you know it's yeah. Because Rush s- Hour is a flat out comedy. That movie. Yeah. No, no, it's definitely not a flat out comedy. There's some, there's definitely some serious stuff that happens in the in the pilot. It's but it, like I watched it back last June or something. So is it better suited um for a comedy night though than Elementary? I I think that's probably something that could be. That, yeah, like a night of Madam Secretary of the Good Wife Elementary actually makes more sense than yeah. Uh, yeah. than elementary after that something that has a little bit more of a comic nature to it. Uh, you know, that's what I've always thought, you know, like on the the Wednesday night uh, ABC, they never seem to be able to find anything for the 10 o'clock hour. Yeah. And I've always like, why isn't there something that has sort of a comedic, you know, like you, you have a two hour of the Martian. You have like two hours of family comedy. You can't, you can't find something that's sort of a you know the family. A, it's a perfect show to know, air. You, know, yeah. you can't find like a, a a comedic comedy drama that goes, you know. So it's a little bit harsh, not as harsh of a of a twist uh, to things. You know, it's uh, <sighs> but but yeah. So maybe that'll that'll work uh, better. We'll see. I mean it. On that level, it, it makes sense. Whether I'll end up, I didn't. It's been a while since I watched it, but I don't remember liking it as much as Kyle did. So, uh, so, so it, we'll hold our judgment for Rush Hour until we can all remember. What it we is. can rewatch it more recently. Right it has now, I think months. it's the only. Well, of the like of the three major networks that have three hour blocks, it's. I think Thursday night CBS is like the only right now the only three hour block that I'm watching everything. Yeah. For the most part, I think. Well, I guess, I mean, I guess I watched NCIS and and stuff. Which, what are your rather. thoughts on Michael Weatherly leaving? I think that'll be really interesting uh, to see uh, what they do, because a lot of his interaction with everybody else and his character is really baked into that show. Hmm. I've never seen more than one episode. And, so, and that same, same episode here. I've always seen is the one where he's in quarantine with Kate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so and so that yeah. I don't have much basis because she's dead. I mean, that'll be interesting to see uh, how they write his character out and bring somebody else in. Uh, that'll be, you know, c- I think they should just cancel it. I agree. <laughs> yeah, you say that. Because you guys don't watch it, <laughs> but then... well, you know it's good because it takes up an hour of TV. I don't have to watch, yeah. so keep but it. then it's a show. It's it's one of the highest rated shows on TV, so it's never going away as long as that happens. Yeah, but it's not a good show. So well, see, that's the problem I that's, have with. But it. that's it, not it, true. It is a good show for what it does for the the hour long procedural. It is an actually a very good version of that type of show that has characters that especially people that have been watching it grow to, uh, you know, care about and their interactions and, and stuff. And talking about cop or talking about procedurals with characters, you're going to love, you're going to grow to love (laughs) shades of shades of blue season one, episode one pilot. I'll tell you what, in the same conversation today where somebody asked me what they should watch, I said, okay, shades of blue looked so cheesy when I first saw the previews, but I didn't hate it. 
when I actually watched the episode. Another DVD quote for... <laughs> yeah, get that plastered on the promos. From it Amory. Easy, I didn't I hate, hate it. it. And, then hyphen, and then you could just say, at my take on TV. That's right. Jennifer Lopez, is act- she's a very capable actor. It's just her hair and her clothing really annoyed me in this episode. Ray Liotta's <laughs> a little over the top. Ray Liotta's what? just being Ray Liotta. I mean, Warren Cole is just... Remember how boring I found him and he's just Michael a vacuum Gilly together. <laughs> um, so there's just a lot of things working against it. Drea DiMatteo was great, and the guy from um, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is great. Yeah, the 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 round. Who I was surprised. The to cast see. that they rounded out her group with is pretty good. It'll be interesting to see going forward if they actually give them more to do. I mean, you don't cast Drea DiMatteo and not give her something to do. Yeah. So I feel like at least she'll have something. And and so it'll be interesting to see where that uh, where that goes. But yeah, I think it kind of seemed like oh uh, yeah, whatever. And that's been some of the some of the reviews and stuff like that that I've seen. It's just like I've seen you know stuff where the review headline is basically like you know Shades of Blue is a, is a TV show starring <laughs> right <laughs> yeah you know, Jennifer Lopez and you're just like yeah but it's better than that. It's not, it's not great. It's They're not, not reinventing it. Yeah, it's not, it's not uh, twisting. It's not putting a, you know, a sort of a, a different twist that you haven't seen much on, on this type of storyline. It's giving you what you sort of expect from this type of storyline. And so if you like sort of the undercover type of cop storylines where, you know, somebody in this case there's a rat in my crew yeah in this case she <laughs> she's been she's been found out and she's being forced uh because you know she wants to protect her daughter to inform on her crew mm-hmm. and so if you like that type of stuff where you're going to have to see people covering for themselves and trying to uh you know lie their way out of things and you know the different types of twists and turns that come with that type of storyline I think this is a very good version of that. And yeah. I think it's surprisingly to me, like I did not expect to think anything of it. One of the, co- I had the funniest interaction on Twitter the other day, I, like weeks ago, I said, we all agree shades of blue looks terrible. Right. So somebody likes it. Like this was like early December. So I said it weeks ago. I forgot. I said it. Somebody liked it. And they at replied me and they were like, just so you know, I got here by Googling shades of blue looks terrible. Doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Um, which I thought was hysterical, but I mean, it actually, like I said, she is actually very good. She's a really good crier. She, she's very good. And I, I am surprised and I don't know that it's a show I will watch weekly, but it's probably a show. Like if I need to clean my room and I need to have something on in the background, I could see myself watching three or four episodes back to back on a Saturday. Yeah. This definitely seems like because of the type of show that it is, that it's, it seems like something to binge. Yeah. That it's because of the twists and turns and and stuff like that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see going forward if they get too twisty. Like sometimes they twist themselves so far up that yeah, it becomes ridiculous that they're after a while you're just like, there's no way you can get out of this. You've 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 screwed yourself. Right. Uh, so. Uh, 
it'll be interesting to see, but it, you know, it's a short, you know, it's a short run of, of episodes. And, you know, I think it's, uh, I think in this day and age with the, all the different types of shows that they're, uh, you know, sort of like we were talking about with like NCIS, I think there's different types of shows that are good at doing different types of things and that mm-hmm. there's different types of viewers that are interested in different types of shows. Yeah. And I think one of the ways to help people like navigate through the flood of shows is to say something like, if you like this the style shield. of cop show, <laughs> this is a good version of it. If you like the shield, don't expect the shield. Yeah. But... Except they expect a milder version of the shield. Yeah. Expect the NBC version of yeah. the shield. Expect a network version of it. But still, if you like this style of show, yeah. I yeah. think this is a, this is a solid version of that. It's not something there's definitely other things that come out where you go, if you like this type of show, you should stay far away from this. because right. This is a terrible version of that. Uh, so uh, I think that's, uh, you know, sort of a place to go with the, these types of things is I think this is a, a solid version of this type of cop show and yeah. with a good cast yeah. I mean, is Ray Liotta chewing scenery? Of course Ray Liotta is chewing that's scenery. That's what Ray Liotta does. <laughs> I mean, he has two that's... minutes on Modern Family as himself. Yeah, that... <laughs> I mean, I don't think Ray Liotta can survive without at least one serving of scenery a day. Yeah. So he, he has to uh, be chewing some scenery. So, yeah, so that's that's my that's my take on, on Shades I'm of Blue. I, I thought it was pretty solid. The one issue I had with... She's only known her partner for like two days and she's already like pulling this where she's like shooting him with a gun to make a cover up of the thing. I don't think she would do that and risk her daughter and everything else for this guy after just two days of working with her partner. I thought about that too, but I also think she was more trying to save herself because she wasn't paying attention she was handled like she was dealing with a child in the hallway and she wasn't paying attention when it happened. So if it happens and she's not like aware of what's going on, that looks bad too. So she kind of yeah. was saving herself on that side, but I agree. Like she's known the guy a day, a day guys. Like she doesn't even know if this guy's going to go along with her story. Right. After. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like putting another, it's just throwing another wrinkle into the thing where she now has her partner, whether he's going to hold up the story to deal with, she has, you know, this whole other thing with the crew that she's been working with. And then Warren Cole's character. He is. a He, I thought Brandon Ralph was a, was a, like a charisma suck. <laughs> Warren oh, yeah. Cole is a charisma suck. He's got nothing. He's pretty, but that can only get you so far. You talking about the guy from that anger management show on USA or whatever that thing was called? Is that what he was in? Not anger management. I forget what the name was. Well, he, he was, was in that. He was, he was that, the one. Oh yeah. He was, he was with the other. He was the other with, guy. He was with him no and Michael Ely. Michael yeah, Ely, the most yeah. boring people on earth. <laughs> in one show. <laughs> oh. Yes, I think Michael Ely's perfect was perfectly cast in as a robot in uh, yes. you know, later on. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um anyway we're all kind of surprised and a little bit on board for shades of blue yeah it's it's one of those shows where i like the first episode 
and I like the cast. Yeah. But I don't know if I'm going to keep up with it, but not because it's not good. Just because there's 800 other shows yeah, on TV. Just because for me right now, that's not the type of show I'm interested in right now. Uh, but yeah. if you are, like I said earlier, I think it's a perfectly good version of that type of show. And yeah, it's I'm... not a huge commitment either because you're only going to get the whatever it is, like 10 or 13 episodes or whatever. Right. Yeah, it's like so, Code Black for me. I can I understand it's a decent show, but yeah. I'm probably likely not going to watch it. Yeah, yeah I'm the same way. I'm not going to get caught up on that. And not because I don't like it. I actually did like the episodes I watched. It was just there's no way. Yeah, that that was my that was my initial review was just like it's a really good version of this type of hospital show. I mean, they they get right into yeah, the the different cases and and the the emergency medicine of it, it it has a lot of, uh, you know, pace to it. I even I I like the cast. I, you know, I think you know Marsha Gay Harden's great, and I liked a couple of the other people that are on it. But I wasn't like right now. I'm not looking for a a medical show to watch right now, and so I have one. It's called Chicago Med. Yeah, and so it wasn't. Which is it wasn't superior, like it's, a, it's an inferior show to Code Black. <laughs> <laughs> But I just I like Chicago Matt. But you're talking about the guy that watched Chicago Hope instead of ER. <laughs> I love Chicago Hope. Chicago I Hope love was good. That show. Yeah, that was a good show. It was just different than. Uh, yeah. And, and, I mean, at the at that time, I was watching all kind of hospital shows when they were coming out and uh, and stuff because uh, when those two hit, <laughs> everybody decided they needed exactly. a, a hospital show. First year, wasn't something like that? I loved that show. But yeah, so there's shows like that. You know, like a Code Black, or in this case, Shades of Blue, you know, shows that have colors in their title that are actually solid versions of the type of uh, show that they are. But for right now, just not of interest to me. Exactly. So there's primetime. Reality check. Top Chef, we haven't talked about in a while because we haven't recorded it in a while. I am so freaking glad Grayson is gone. I didn't mind. That was the the returning. She was so angry. No, the only person like I don't even really remember who's on the show. The only person I don't <laughs> like is Man Bun, and I'd be happy Phillip! to see him oh go. Oh my god, Philip! I want him to go so badly. <laughs> and then I saw him on an episode of Guys Grocery Games. I only had the I only had Food Network on for three minutes, and there's Philip. The next week, I only have Food Network on Chopped for four minutes, and there's Philip. I'm like, dude, <laughs> why don't you go work at your restaurant and not on TV? This week, Giselle went home, and she's. Every episode, they show her being like, is this okay? Is this okay? Is this what I should be doing? Is this okay? Like, if you don't know how to cook, or you don't know what tastes good, or you don't know how to put things together, you should not be on Top Chef. So, happy to see her go. As as soon as Philip is gone, it'll be a much better season. Um, though I worry they'll keep him around because he provides some tension. Yeah. Master Chef Junior. This week I cried. When they were like, there's some episodes where I don't cry when the kids get emotional. For some, when, when, uh, well, I don't remember what his name was, but the guy who went home this week, the little boy who went home, when he just said to Caitlin, who also went home, like, oh, you can do this. Like, like, as she was breaking down, he was like, we got this. We'll be strong together. And I was just like, oh was my Sam, God. Was that Sam with the, uh, with the Mohawk? Or was that no, else? it was the black boy. What was his name? 
Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I I always thought that every time they quickly pan on him, I thought it was a girl. Like I thought that, that Jesse kid was a girl. Oh no, that's who I thought you were talking about. No, no, oh, that's okay. Jesse. But this guy, he like made an impression, but I can't remember his name to save my life. But it was just so sweet to see this like eight year old or ten year old kid being like, "We got this. We'll be strong together. We'll get through it." And I was just like, "Oh my god, he's going home!" I'm like, "They're not crying," and I'm freaking out. But I hope- the <clears throat> the tag team was so stressful to watch. Oh my god, they like- were all losing it and breaking. And then when it came down to like Zach and Kaya didn't do well, there was no way they were going home. They are gonna keep. Yeah. Ka- it's gonna be Kaya and Addison at the end. Like, yeah. there's no way they were gonna send that home. Like, they were gonna find some excuse to eliminate another team if they had exactly. to exactly to break that rule. And so, like, and, and, like, there was just some weird stuff. Like, Addison, with her, she wants to open a bakery with a batting cage out back. Oh and then, if you buy a pie, you get to go in the batting cages for free. <laughs> and then Avery, I loved her, like, I'm going to prove I'm not a one-legged pony. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> and what's his name? Grant, uh, not Grant. Uh, Graham? Graham kept on giving her a hard time like she misspelled something earlier and like then she uh then she made that comment one legged pony and he had to like call her out on it I hate Christina she was fine like I didn't know her mother was a famous baker or something but they all seemed to well they all seemed to know who she was when she came out or she was famous for something I just I'm I think I understand why Graham wants to leave because they dressed him up in that stupid chicken suit but and how, I mean, how obvious were Gordon and Graham at not being good at their deviled eggs? Come on. I just, I, I love this show so much. I just do. That, I mean, my take on MasterChef Junior is that it's just a really good show, and I root for all of the kids, and I don't think there's any real, like, jerk of them in the bunch this year. It's like that arrogant Sam that one year. Oh, I wanted to punch that kid. Um, <laughs> he was so arrogant. Um, and to be honest, I thought Alexander was pompous too, but he won, whatever. Um, reality check. Okay, so that's MasterChef Junior. Hollywood Game Night came back with new episodes, right? It was like a brand new, hasn't aired before. Because my DVR keeps picking up episodes that had aired. But yeah, I think this the, was like the season premiere, right? Yeah, the season premiere was last week. Yeah. I love Justin Long. I, I just like that it opened with Lil Picasso because that's my favorite. I thing. love Lil Picasso. Because they pick some of these celebrities that these kids supposedly drew their favorite celebrity. There is no way a kid would ever pick that celebrity. Steven Tyler. As, like their favorite. <laughs> what would you say? Steven Tyler. Oh, like Steven Tyler, yes. There's no Tyler Although they might know him at least from like American Idol, American Idol or whatever show. But like there's somebody, and then there's always one in there in the last round that somebody that's on the panel or related to the panel or something like so. And then there's always the reaction when they realize who it is. Although that was actually a decent picture of Kevin Smith. Like you can actually tell it too. You have a hockey Jersey on. You're not going to go wrong. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you this though. That person made a, was it a guy or girl who won? I forget, but they made a really bad decision in picking Allison Hannigan. I think my guess is he just liked her, like, oh, I like your movies and stuff. I'm gonna pick. He would have been so much better off with with uh, who is Kevin the other Smith. Yeah, Kevin Smith. Anyway, pretty much anyone else on that team. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was Kevin Smith. It was Allison Hannigan, and it was Dave Foley. Dave Foley knew a lot too. Oh, sometimes I question their judgment. So that's Hollywood Game Night. It's still a show I enjoy. Some of the games are like 
I don't love them. The popcorn air... one. Yeah. The pop... I'm sick of that. The same thing with the, the balloon thing. Yeah, because that goes on too long. That takes even, too long. And the kaboom or whatever it's called, the, yeah. where they pick the clues, it's like clue boom. I wish the clue boom, like their their games are already open for them. Yeah. Like, so they didn't have to take that time. Um, but it's just, you know, I love watching. I love a game night myself. So I love watching people experience a game night as well. And then I didn't watch Pitch Slapped or Superhuman, but I see the commercials for Pitch Slapped all the time. Is it good? They've only aired one episode. It's basically like these two. It, they're basically setting it up to be like the, a movie because like they have these two coaches. One's this like this woman who's all like abrasive to the team. She's like the number one acapella performance coach in the country. Intense. And like then they have the the other one teaching the other team is this nice guy who did like Pitch Perfect, the arrangements for Pitch Perfect and stuff. So like he's teamed up with this underdog team that's huge, like this way too big team they probably have like 20 something people she teamed up with this like well-oiled machine like and these two were like rival teams in new jersey so in the opening episode they have to go against each other and then um and then like in future episodes they're gonna go against other people and for this competition but it, it felt like it's like the bellas versus the das sound machine like they've oh got the uh like the the two different groups two different styles and like they're ultimately going to end up going up against each other, I'm sure, at the end, like, to do the comeback. But, like, the the different styles are, are very, like, the, the guy tells the people, like, uh, oh, you guys are huge, I should really break you up, but I'm not going to do that because they're the team that has heart. And like they're way too big, but and they're the underdogs, but he's sure, going to sure. help them. Like, so they're setting it up, I'm sure, for the future, but. I don't know if I'll keep watching or not. I was just in, it was just the name that drew me in that I had to see what the show was, but, and then superhuman, I don't know if they're doing more episodes or not, but it was like a one, two hour special, which they had some really like talented people on there, but you pretty much knew who was going to, who was going to end up winning the thing because basically they start off with some woman that could memorize like 65 things. Then this other guy that could memorize these 10 women, uh, their phone numbers, something about them and uh, like their hometown or something. I forget what the third thing was. And then like at the very last thing, they had some guy memorize like all hundred members of the audience and like their hometown, their name and some characteristic. And he could either name them from the picture or if they gave him the name, he could he could tell you who they were. And so like they built up like the memory thing, like like obviously like the guy, like if you're who is like who's the audience going to vote for the person that remembered their names or like this person that could remember like 10 women at a bar. And like, but they had some other interesting things like this person that could look at like these 8,000 tiles and find the three that were different. And they had these are like, all things I feel like I could do. They had another woman doing like a entrapment style, like laser maze blindfolded, although she failed at the very end. She she broke the thing. Another woman that could name songs based on seeing the uh, just watching the piano keys and not hearing the music. Uh, and some other stuff. But like basically they had like Mike Tyson, uh, Mary Lynn Reichkob and some uh, some neuro neurosurgeon guy there to give commentary like and talk to uh, Cal Penn was the host. 
and like Mike Tyson, they would have been better off just hiring a drunk off the street to <laughs> to come and do it. He was so awful. I hope if they do more of this, like they just find someone else because he was just terrible. Like he was like just making really stupid comments uh, throughout the whole thing. But I, I, it was really interesting to watch. Some of the people they like rapid fired, so it wasn't really fair. Like there are four acts, they basically just named them off, and you didn't even get to see these people really do their their talent. But um, I thought it was really interesting overall, though. Cool. So then we want to talk about the Golden Globes. I was texting with Alex back and forth about the Golden Globes uh, when Rachel Bloom won. I said these words. It's taking longer than I thought because my computer's moving slowly. You guys can discuss if you watch. This I, is I, important. Did you even watch it, Jason? Nope. I, I haven't I, even gone uh, and looked for clips at all. Well, normally I go and watch like at least the opening or something. Or I was watching. I was watching the football game when the end of the football game when the it started, and so I didn't watch the opening. And then I didn't watch the replay here since they played it twice here on the the West Coast. Uh, when it started again at eight and, uh, I saw a couple of things, you know, like on Twitter and Facebook and stuff. And I read a couple of the jokes that, uh, oh, that, he was that he pretty, made. He was pretty biting with his jokes, which he was. I, I, I love Ricky Gervais and I thought he was hilarious at this. He, I don't know why they put Mel Gibson on a stage with oh Ricky God. Gervais. That was probably a bad decision. It was a like, terrible given decision. a little bit of time, I think one of them would hit the other one. But like Ricky was asking for it. But I I really enjoyed it. I thought he was a lot of fun. Like I hate the bleeping. Everything was like constantly bleep. Oh my God, I'd so rather they just put a warning and say, if you have kids, don't let them watch and just let us hear what they're actually saying. But Here's it's what like I a- said about Rachel Bloom. Rachel Bloom is my least favorite part of her show. <laughs> I I like her show. I thought I was fine. I with like that. her show. I can't stand her. <laughs> But I, I was fine uh, with that when I was the Mozart in the Jungle I haven't seen since the pilot. I remember liking the pilot, but I haven't watched any of the show. I really like Gael Garcia Bernal. I really like him. He's in my favorite movie, or one of my favorite movies, Yuma Mama Tambien. It's a Spanish language Mexican movie. It's so good, and I love it. And he's so good in it. So I'm happy that like he's getting recognition. I thought it was adorable when he got on stage and he said to Melissa Benoist and Grant Gustin, "I will never forget your faces." I just thought that was so cute. He was so excited. I, I think the highlight of the night for me was Eva Longoria and America Ferreira oh doing God. their banter, like was... making comment about all like the the other Spanish women that they've been referred to as. Oh my and, God. Like at the end, like they thought, oh, thank you, Charo, thank you, Lauder. <laughs> How loud that made me laugh! Like I laughed so loud at that, I scared my dog. Like I thought it was hysterical. Thanks, Alma. Thanks, Charo. I died some, because it's some, funny because even the golden globes called her gina rodriguez yes. <laughs> i mean so, some of these skits though and stuff were just a disaster like the having bear? jonah, jonah oh. as the bear was so horrible it felt like hours that he was on the stage trying to get oh, this joke oh, out oh. and then like uh i liked i liked the the joke on the steve harvey thing i forget who who was it that Jamie did that fox Jamie Foxx, like I saw another site list that as like one of their worst things of that. I thought that was fun. Uh, there was, was not, a like rude to the winner because Straight Outta Compton wasn't even nominated. But 
but it was also like it was. But it's uh, both. Uh, it's both the social commentary and a joke on something recently that happened. <laughs> and then, uh, like, I think I, there was another banter that was horrible too. It might have been with. Was Chan it Will Ferrell? No, he was. Uh, I thought he was okay. I thought Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg were okay. I did like some of the Amy Schumer and J Law stuff. But I think the funniest part of that was when Ricky Gervais was like, yeah, we get it. You're best friends. Get over it. Because they talk I about did, it all the time. I thought that was really funny. I did like Rick, Ricky Gervais's comment when Matt Damon came out and was like, the only person oh, Ben Affleck hasn't uh, cheated on, uh, <laughs> Matt Damon. So perfect. <laughs> but, like, they got to know he's going to be a jerk when when they hire him. And I think he did a good job at it. I but, have to go uh, lock my door really quickly. I'll be right back. But, like, some of the awards and stuff I didn't really agree with. Like, I didn't agree with John Hamm winning over Rami Malek. That was just ridiculous. Like, you're giving him the award for, like, the whole series, not because he was necessarily <laughs> better, like, now. Maybe way back you thought he was good, but you didn't give it. Now you know it's your last chance. But it, Rami Malek definitely deserved that for for Mr. Robot. Who won? John Hamm? John Hamm, yeah. And then so the I whole Martian my dad's coming and my door was locked. The whole Martian as a comedy was just absurd and ridiculous. I mean, even Ridley Scott was like, oh, comedy, all right, whatever. Like, it's unfair. Like, there were some good, co- like, Spy was so oh good. My God, Spy was so good. And it was an actual comedy and it got ripped off because you put, like, it might be, I haven't seen it yet. It might be a really good movie, but it's not a comedy, The Martian. And it's so unfair to these real comedies. Like, they need people to police these categories. Like, for the TV ones, too, just because you're a half hour doesn't mean you're a comedy. And they need to, like, fix that. But, I mean, uh, overall... Complaining about the award show, especially the Golden Globes, which is the, probably the most ridiculous of the awards. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, this one had some fun moments, but overall, like, eh. <laughs> like, for the whole thing, like, it just... It had, like, I didn't, I don't know, maybe not worth watching. Well, not now, but, <laughs> like, when you were watching it live. Yeah, I think the only reason to watch a show like that these days is that it's one of the few things that actually does play live across all time zones. And so you can get on Twitter and be snarky with everybody else Yeah, all at the same time. Because that seemed to be what everybody, the few times I did hop on Twitter to see what uh, was happening or whatever, it was it was just all the same people remarking on the same stuff. And it was just like, oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, I I could care so, so little that I, you know, like I don't care at all. That's why I didn't watch. I didn't uh, even heard of half the things that were nominated. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's... Uh, I don't know. I think that's probably enough on the Golden Globes. It's time to move on to TV recommendations. And my recommendation is Superstore because Lauren Ash is killing it. Ooh, another uh, I second another, another vote for Superstore, huh? I love it so much. <sighs> Angel from Hell and Superstore. Lauren Ash is amazing. Kyle Bornheimer is amazing. Those are my two favorite people on TV right now. I don't know. I'm pretty sure... She was my least favorite part of Superstore that I didn't particularly care for. Oh my god, she's, she was wait, my she's, favorite. Wait, are we talking about the same person? This is the one that looks like uh, she's the one from Super Fun Night. 
Yes. Oh my gosh, she's the best part of that show. She's amazing. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> yeah, don't get it. Don't don't think it is funny. So yeah. Well, Jason's wrong. What's but, your recommendation, but, Jason? Two out of three TV podcasters recommend <laughs> yeah. Superstore for your comedy needs on Monday night. What's your recommendation, Jason? Uh, my recommendation is, I don't know. I've been thinking about it all day, and I don't really i don't really have one. I've been trying to figure out like, okay. what, I, what I was going to recommend, and I was thinking about possibly uh, recommending Angie Tribeca, but... I mean, it's probably worth checking out. Uh, for I have no idea what it is. One of the, you know, one of the twenty times that it's going to play next Sunday. But I thought I was really going to like it because I, I love Police Squad, and the Naked Gun movies, and that style of humor, and that's definitely what they're going for here. But it's almost like they're going for it too much, like mm-hmm. where everything has to be a sight gag or a joke. Yeah. As opposed to with like police squad or something like that, they take, you know, somebody says something and then you take that to the logical, literal extreme and it fits within the context of what's going on Uh, here. uh, They do that as well as other things that are just a sight gag that make like no sense in the in the in the situation like nobody would. I think it looks so dumb. uh, So. I didn't like it as much as I thought I was going to, but I think it, if you like that style of comedy, it might be worth checking out. But uh, it's like I said, it's sort of a, a mediocre recommendation. As hmm. uh, I didn't like it as much as, uh, like I said, as I thought I was going to, because yeah, there's just certain things where stuff just happens and it's just to make the sight gag joke or just to make, you know, to try and, do something that's off but it makes no sense whatsoever within the scene other than to try and make this joke uh which i thought just pushed it like it it took something that could have been funny and just pushed it too far right well i don't know if i'm gonna watch it kyle your recommendation uh my recommendation is dreamworks dragons race to the edge uh the second I guess it's the second season of Race to the Edge with the fourth season of the show overall just dropped on Netflix uh, this past Friday. Is so this the six-episode w- animated series you watched instead of watching Casual? This is a twelve episode, uh, 13 episodes a season. The first okay. two seasons the th- first two seasons were on Cartoon Network, and then it moved to um, to uh, Netflix last year, and like the okay. second season on Netflix just dropped. It's basically if you've seen How to Train Your Dragon, like the first two seasons took place after the first movie. The second two seasons, the Race to the Edge uh, series, uh, took place after the second movie. And some of the original cast members are, are still doing the voices: uh, Jay Baruchel, uh, T.J. Miller. Uh, I love then there's T.J. also. Miller. America Ferreira is doing a voice and Christopher Mintz Plus is also like it's very much if you enjoy the movies, it's very much the same fun mix of fun and adventure and action. I've never seen them. You should see them instead of watching casual for the 12th time. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen Did you watch uh, F is for Family? I did watch F is for Family. I didn't like it as much as I, I it was. 
I, I found it somewhat entertaining, but also there's just way too much cursing and other stuff in it. That... Was that the six episode animated series you watched? That was the six. Yes, that was the six episode <laughs> animated series I watched instead of casual. casual. That one I actually watched at normal speed because I because it was on Netflix. I had to watch it at normal speed. Oh. Man, had to actually spend 20 minutes watching 20 minutes of TV. How terrible. No, no, they're like 30 minutes an episode, <laughs> oh too. Oh, my so God. Like full. All right. Well, my, my father is on his way, so I have to end this because it's after 8 o'clock. <laughs> you can find links to our recommendations and the news stories we talked about in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 305. Next week, Jason will be joined by our old friend Ivy West from the Blockbuster podcast and three question marks ending in a period. <laughs> um, yeah, stay tuned for that three question tuned marks. For the three question marks ending in a period. <laughs> its name might start with K and end with Isle. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's, that's four question marks. That's four question marks. <laughs> You'll just have to see. Uh, that's all she wrote, folks. Just want to say. Happy New Year and Happy thanks. New Year. Oh, we didn't Happy say that Carl won. Did Thank, we? Thanks for thanks for listening and. Carl, thanks for playing <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and entering our zoo giveaway. And uh, it will be in the mail this weekend. Amory will sometime get around to actually listen. Out to you. Listen, my dog is sick, and I've been very, very busy. That's right. I will get it in the mail as soon as I can. You're lucky I know where it is. Because Carl has been sitting around this whole time, going, "God, Carl's like I should have just bought it myself." I can't it's wait to watch be, Zoo. I can't wait to watch it's Zoo. It will be delivered wait. by a dog that knocks on your door. <laughs> it will be delivered by the dog knock. The dog knock. Yes, and <laughs> just remember, take the Zoo DVD, but do not follow the dog anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> <You don't. laughs>